They were gonna make me a major for this. And I wasn't even in their fucking army anymore. Everybody wanted me to do it. Even the jungle wanted him dead. And that's who he really took his orders from anyway. So uh, this is the Here You Are Wassa podcast take two. I'm uh, I'm your one of your hosts, Dino, and I'm here with uh, my co-host. Eric. <clears throat> Eric. And, uh, and our guest today is uh, Evan Cass. Um, Evan opened a business up uh, recently in Wausau, and we thought it'd be cool to have him on the show. So, uh, Evan, so tell us a little bit, tell, what kind of business did you open? I opened a uh, comic book shop. Um, it's very small. Um, right now it's a, a very select, um, hyper-curated assortment of about 100 or so titles. Uh, it's a mix of magazines, uh, zines, uh, hardcover books, graphic novels. Um, and yeah, I'm working to hopefully, um, sooner than later, uh, actually get a proper uh, storefront and, uh, get, give a comic book shop business a try. Like I've been thinking about for the last 20 or so years. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the 20 year cycle there. So, uh, yeah. How, Before how, we do that, yeah. Dino, let's. Yeah. W- w- uh, what's the name of your spot? Oh, shit, Evan? oh yeah, yeah. My my shop is called uh, the Comics Page, um, okay. and it's kind of a. I like it because it's a play on a couple things. My first exposure to comics as a kid was the Comics Page, in the Herald. Um, you know, reading Peanuts, reading uh, Bloom County. Um, you know, later reading Kelvin and Hobbes, things like that. Um, and what's neat, I think, about the good old-fashioned comics pages and newspapers is you have a variety of genres. You have action, uh, you know, in the form of something like Pr- Prince Valiant. You've got uh, humor, like Peanuts. You've got, uh, you know, stuff for old people, stuff for younger people. Um, so I kind of like that because comics as a medium uh, has such a breadth of 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 stuff to choose from, uh, of pretty much any, any, any genre you might be interested in, there is likely a comic, uh, that fits that. Um, so I kind of like that. And the other thing I liked about it was it says page and I want a proper bookstore where, with paper. Um, I do a lot of reading of comics digitally. Um, but what's really interesting is when you look at the book publishing market over the last few years, um, and you know the, the small bookstores have ha- have been growing nationally, but the particular uh, type of book that is really growing by like double digits over the last couple of years are comics. Um, so I think comics because they are art because you you know to absorb them I think there's something very tactile about them the the smell the you know being able to to see the art and consume it wherever you want to. I think, um, you know, having a, a store that celebrates comics, again, many of which can be found digitally, but stuff that people would want to put on their bookshelf as an art piece, uh, you know, magazines, zines, graphic novels. Um, so that's kind of where I got the name comics page and it's spelled with an X. Um, I just, I don't want people thinking my stores about comedians. Um, so uh, Comics Page is, is uh, the name of the business. Thanks for asking, Eric. Yeah, no problem. So um, how, long, how long have you been developing the idea? God, I was probably 20 years old, and I'm 40 now. So um, back, I was, I was older than 20. Um, it was 2001, and I would have been 20... And Wausau's comics shop of 10 years, Gateway Comics and Gabes, had closed. And there were a couple little, not very good attempts at comic shops um, in the Wausau area uh, soon after that. 
But basically, you know, as I mentioned, the, the comics market is growing. Um, you know, heck, you know, CW has Monday through Friday programming uh, based on comics. Um, you know, some of the biggest movies every year are based on comics. Um, it's a shame that Wausau as this nexus city uh, in Wisconsin, you know, largest city in this neck of the woods, um, a destination city for people that live in Tomahawk, Rhineland, or Merrill, uh, even people driving up from Point or over from Rapids, that we haven't had a comic shop for about 15 years in this community. And that kind of blows my mind. Um, and so, again, I started playing with the idea of opening a business back in my my, my mid-20s. Um, again, I, I, I would get really far, and then when it came to funding, things would fall apart. And then I just kind of set it aside and then a couple years later, pull it out again, you know, play with the business plan again, rejigger some things. And I've been doing that more or less every couple of years uh, for the last, you know, for the last, uh, you know, 15 plus years. So um, it's something that I've been playing with and thinking about for a long time. And I, you know, my feeling is if it's still something I'm thinking about all these years later, uh, I'm 40 years old now, I'm not getting younger um, it's something obviously that I want to try. Um, I'm ready for a new challenge. Um, I want to see if I can make the type of store that I want to open, uh, regarding comics to see if that would work. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, I'm not getting younger and you know, that's kind of the cycle. So I'm, what's nice is I, I'm finally at a place now where I'm, you know, putting down those, those building blocks uh, establishing relationships with distributors and individuals in the community, um, folks like you, uh, the, the podcast, you're being able to talk to people about this and kind of really working me towards properly uh, getting a storefront down the line, hopefully. So, so you call Wasa a nexus city. Can you, can you expand on that, what you mean by that? Oh, man, that's... So a couple of my my f dear friends are actually professionals in the comics industry. Timothy Seeley, um, DC Ever's kid, and my buddy Craig Thompson, a Marathon City kid. Um, Seeley, the author in Point. No, he's good friends with Seeley. Pat Rothfuss from ah, Stevens Roth Point. Yeah, right. Um, and actually, he created a um, a psychotic character based on Pat Rothfuss for his revival comic. Um, what did Tim Seeley do? Uh, Tim, uh, back in the day, it. he did Hack Slash, but nowadays he's writing oh, some of the oh, Batman yeah. books for DC. Right, right, um, right. He's writing Revival, which is based in Wausau, um, and it's wrapping up after four years. Um, boy, he's done a lot of things. He's done some Wolverine stuff, uh, right. Ant-Man, a variety of things like that. Right. Um, but but those guys joke that, you know, this little central Wisconsin community, um, you know, what was it about it that, these guys that really, you know, we, we were in Marathon, Tim was in Everest, we're roughly the same age. Um, and these guys have gone on and done cool things with the, you know, in the industry. Um, so I think we, back when we were younger, we started kind of joking about, um, or saying like, Wasa's this nexus, you know, it's this kind of, you know, you have 29 running east, west, 51 north, south, and Wasa's right in the middle. It's kind of like this nexus, you know, um, that's that's basically what I mean. I, it's just kind of an old, um, you know, friendly way that me and some of the friends would would talk about the Wasa area. No, I, I get it. And some of the friends is in, in, it's, it's, it's an interesting term because it's a very niche market. You know, it's a very niche group of people that would understand what that what that was and how they were all connected. Sure, sure. Yeah. So. Um... Do, are, are you in a sh uh, store now? I was. It's been an interesting few months of business. So back in uh, September, I got contacted by my friend Chris Wood, um, who um, had been working at St. Clair's, but then had moved over to a management position at uh, Studio 7 in downtown Wausau. It was a business right next to Yankee's Bookstore. Um, and he contacted me and said, Evan, how would you like to uh, jumpstart your business that you've been talking all these years about? Gave it some thought and basically uh, agreed to it. Um, what Studio 7 had done is opened up some space in their store uh, for vendors. Um, so people would pay uh, you know, a vendor fee to have some space in their store. Uh, our responsibility was to be there at least once a week to keep things tidy. 
um, you know, uh, keep things presentable. Uh, the staff that was at Studio 7 handled pretty much, you know, they kept an eye on the store, they kept things open. So for those of us who have jobs and other responsibilities, um, it was actually kind of a really low impact way to kind of just start that, that, you know, start moving forward on a business. Um, I was able to get the Wisconsin uh, legal paperwork filed to establish Comics Page as a business. Um, I was able to establish relationship, relationships with distributors so I could start getting product at, a, at wholesale cost so I can actually hopefully make a living sometime selling these things. Um, I was able to get some, some fixtures. Um, so anyways, that, that was September. And so, yeah, it was, it's been an interesting few months because a month into, uh, the venture, my primary distributor decided they were going to be getting out of distribution at the end of the year. Um, in the comics world, um, diamond comics, um, has a, uh, more or less a monopoly, um, with a chunk of the market. They are the only ones that can sell Marvel DC image dark horse, those types of comics. Um, I was working with the distributor out of uh, San Francisco last, last gasp. They used to be an underground comics publisher. They moved into distribution. They used to provide stuff for head shops back in the, the 60s and 70s. Um, but they've just kept uh, distributing comics um, you know, over the last 20, 30, 40 years. And my store, uh, the comics page, at this point in its development, it being such a small, curated, uh, you know, very intimate little little uh, business, um, I wanted to make sure I had things available that people could not get at Johnny C's, uh, that people could not get at Barnes and Noble. So I wanted to get some small press books, um, some some independent books, uh, things that have a little bit of a counterculture or um, kind of eccentric. Uh, you know, pr presentation or take. I wanted to get zines, you know, honest to God zines. Um, and so Last Gasp was was one was a distributor that I could work with that being as small as I was, I could still have an account and order stuff. So anyways, there, you know, I found that out a month in. Um, and uh, they're still going to have stuff available to get uh, through spring, but they're not restocking anymore. Um, then a month after that, um, back in uh, September, October, yeah, late October, um, I was uh, clued in that Studio 7 was having some financial problems. Um, and sure enough, uh, right after Christmas, they announced they were closing. So I uh, no longer have a physical space to dis uh, display my comics. Uh, the whole time I've had comics page, though, I've had all those books available on an Amazon store. So I still have that stuff. I'm still ordering things to build up my stock with the idea that down the line, maybe this summer, who knows, uh, that I'll, that would give me a, a, a good uh, a good assortment of items to kind of start a store proper. You know, I want to keep kind of building and building up stock and, and, and building up that kind of stuff in preparation for opening the doors to the public. Um, and then the other kind of bummer thing that just happened, uh, what, uh, just a few weeks ago, I found out the gentleman who was going to be my tech guy for comics page. Um, I was actually just, uh, probably a couple months away from buying a register, uh, you know, getting, getting that stuff, uh, together, uh, so I could properly sell things, ring up people with their cards, you know, I have a change drawer, um, he was going to be my tech guy and get all that stuff wired together, make sure that I had music that I could play in the store. Um, he died. Um, so I really trusted the guy. He He's a guy I'd been talking with for a while. So it's been an interesting few months uh, as a new business who wants to uh, do something more because there's been a few challenges, but I've, I've viewed it as a good challenge. I mean, if I can survive a distributor going down and find another distributor, if I can keep moving things forward, even though I don't have a physical space at this time, and uh, you know, if I have to seek out somebody else to be my my you know IT guy for my new store, um, well, I might as well. So it's you know, it'd be easy for those things that take the wind out of your sail. And you know, I admit when Studio Seven wrapped, um, that definitely did for a little bit. But you know, you you suck it up. 
And then you say, okay, do I really want to do this or not? <laughs> and I do. And so you just keep working towards it. Yeah, I got to say that's probably a, a good thing for you, though. Studio 7 doesn't, to me anyway, seem like a place that I would think to go for comics. Niche Actually, comics. It's, in, it's interesting you mentioned that, Eric. Uh, under my buddy Chris, they had really been rebranding what they were doing. And their target audience, or the, the, the primary audience that they were bringing in was uh, women between the ages of 15 and 35. Guess what the largest uh, growing readership is in the market right now? Really? Yes. Interesting. So women between 15 and 35. So I thought it would be, you know, it was just a little spot, you know, it was a little, little vendor location. Sure. Folks come in, you know, these gals can get their organic clothes or get these cool vintage clothing. Um, a lot of these girls are kind of artsy, um, kind of appreciate that kind of stuff. And then there's my comics there. And it was really thrilling. A couple times I was there and I was kind of standing back visiting with Chris and I'd see people look through it and it was such a thrill and it was really exciting to see um, not what you would consider the traditional comics reader really kind of opening up the books that I had on display and getting excited about them, you know, and then going to another book and be like, oh, man, I want this one instead and then buying them. It was kind of cool to see. Um, and I think that's a market that's not being served in the Wasser area right now. Um, Johnny uh, sees um, has some comic books, Marvel, DC image stuff, and they have some graphic novels. They don't have a lot. It's a, it's a peripheral, you know, product line for them. I'm glad they're here for the community, for those people that enjoy those comics. And if I ever get comics page up and running as a proper store, I definitely want to make sure I, I carry the latest Spider-Man and the latest Batman, things like that. Cause that wouldn't be a comic shop without those things. Right. Um, but I, I think a safe place that uh, men and women, young and old, uh, parents and kids could come to is needed. Um, Johnny C's is not scary, but you know, it's guys who, and gals who really dig gaming, you know, right. gaming and stuff like that. They're it's that crowd. Um, I want right. to have a, a more of a, I don't want to say not an elite crowd, but I just want to have a more general crowd. Um, you know, the type of story I want comics page to be is a cross between unbreakables first edition and inner sleeve records. Um, Unbreakable, the the movie. Um, there's that store that uh, Mr. Glass has uh, called uh, Limited Edition, if you recall. And it's like he has all the original art on display, and he's kind of talking to people about the merits of comics as an art form. Um, but then I want to, you know, I, as you can tell, I'm passionate about comics as a medium. So I want to be celebrate the medium of comics, but then I want to wrap it up in what Mike Capista does at Inner Sleeve. He's local. It's small. He's not looking to get rich. He's looking to just provide for his family. I'm not looking to get rich. I'm just looking to provide for my, myself and my cats um, and just have a safe place that's hip, that's cool, um, that people can feel comfortable at um, and, you know, find comics that they'd be interested in reading, um, spread the word, that kind of thing. Yeah, I get it. So what do you have? So if you're looking at maybe not opening a physical space until summer, how do you, how are you going to reach your readership, your potential customers in well, between now and then Yeah, to keep the business going? Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I have the Amazon storefront right now and that's, oh, okay. that's doing the trick for now. I was doing about 50% of my sales on Amazon and the other 50, uh, uh, they're in Studio 7. Um, nice. But I always knew that it would be a small launch. I think when I, you know, my budget, the amount of product I wanted to sell each month when I was functioning at capacity, ultimately, it had Studio 7 stuck around for another few months, would have been 250 bucks a month sales. That's not a lot. But that's all I would have needed to kind of just keep it sustainable. And then slowly but surely get the word out there, start collecting uh, emails, you know, start... Uh, you know, I mean, there's a little write-up in City Pages uh, around Christmas about my store. Um, there was going to be a write-up on my store and Studio 7 and the Herald before Studio 7 closed, um, appearing on this podcast. Um, I hadn't done a big push with my business yet. I, I just wanted to, and I, I feel like I still am in that spot where I'm just carefully, uh, methodically maybe, you know, kind of just taking it a step at a time. And when I feel that I'm at a point that I can really push it, um, I will. Um, but I want to make sure that I have uh, 
you know, the backbone of things kind of in mind, you know, and I get a sense of challenges I might be facing, uh, you know, the, the types, you know, how, how this, how the city reacts and uh, again, kind of keep an eye on the market in the Wassa area and see if, you know, if there will continue to be this void for the type of store I want to open. I must admit, I'm very excited about the theater coming downtown because um, I think they finally okayed that. Um, I'll bring young people downtown, uh, people that maybe can go see the latest Avengers movie. Hey, I want to check out what the source material is. Oh, there's a comic shop just a block from here. Because that's definitely, when I if I get a storefront, it's going to be downtown. I want it to be a downtown business. You need to get that, to get that foot traffic. I need to be open on on Wednesdays when Constant of the Square is going on so that I can get some of those people that are just coming downtown to hang out for a while. You know, oh, wow, there's a comic shop. I'm going to check that out. Um, you know, being not far from the bus stop. So hopefully the kids can be like, oh, wow, there's a comic shop. You know, just I think the type of store I want to do, it has to be downtown. Um, and I think, I think there's it, some it, space it, in the mall. <laughs> you know, I thought of that for a bit, but probably not. Um I've actually been chatting with uh, the gal uh, with uh, River District. Um, what's her name? Liz Fields? Yep. Is that yep. her name? Yeah. She actually was one of my first customers. And she was, her eyes like lit up when she saw the comics I had. And she dug what I had. And that really made me feel good. Um, and she got very excited about the possibility of comics page. And so she's been giving me tips and pointers and um keeping me uh in the know regarding potential storefronts down the line she knows kind of the budget i'm i'm looking at and uh it's just nice to have someone kind of on the inside kind of you know helping helping uh, point me in the right direction maybe you could open like like a food truck for comics <laughs> that, just drive around town sure yeah that's, that's <laughs> possibly and actually i think there are like I know there are things like that in, in the country, but if you enter that in Google, you'd find something like that. Funny. So you've got a background in writing. Am I wrong in that? Uh, you've done I, some I writing would, around town? Um, not writing necessarily. I worked at City Pages for a couple of years as a graphic designer from okay. 90 to 2000. I was uh, just wondering if you had any uh, background in writing comics as well. Actually, I have a short story that got published. Um, back about seven years ago, there was an anthology... Um, called Break the Walls. Um, it was an anthology of short stories inspired by the songs of the Pixies. Um, and I hustled for that job. And I did uh, Nimrod's Son. I, I wrote a short story inspired by Nimrod's Son. Um, so yeah, I, I actually am a published uh, uh, comics uh, author, I guess. Uh, it was a six-page story in a small press magazine. But, you know, I got... I got some some money for it, and I got a whole bunch of comp copies for it. So I guess that's the real deal. Um, but I have a lot of friends in the industry, and that's another benefit um, I think that I can bring to a store is I have these connections that can really, um, again, you know, when you have an independent bookstore, you have to focus on making it a, a destination, you know, having events like author signings, uh, you know, uh, discussions, things like that. And being that I have some pretty significant connections in the industry, that's nice. So when they come and visit their family once a year or whatever, I can get them in the store and do a signing, especially if they have a new book coming out. They can tell their also you could also get them on a podcast to talk yeah, about their cool, new right? book. Huh? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so aside from your friends, what are you what are you reading? Do you have comics and that you read right on now. a regular basis that you really like? Right now that my favorite reads, um and actually my boss just asked me this the other day. There's a, a book called uh Gosh dang! I'm, oh, well, one is called Goddamned, and basically, I describe it as uh, the uh, what was the name of that movie with uh, Noah or not Noah with uh, Moses? Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments meets Sin City. Um, so imagine wow. the Ten Commandments movie, but then wrap it up in kind of the uh, this hard hard boiled, cynical, um, expressive. Uh, noirish style of sin city and that's what this is so basically it's fun it's the story of kane um and he's uh cursed to live forever and it's him post you know post the fall before the flood and it's a terrible terrible world uh and it's basically th th this story basically plays kane as a a noir character as an anti-hero um 
which is really cool. It's really interesting. Um, the other book I love is Kill or Be Killed. That's the one I was trying to think of before. And that's I describe that book as um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends meets Death Watch or Death Wish. Spider-Man and his amazing friends <laughs> meets Death Wish. So um, the thing, the, the reason I came up with that is you read the book and the 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 characters that are in it, the dynamic is very much Peter Parker, Mary Jane, uh, a roommate like you know Iceman, um, and but that's just subtle. Like if you know that archetype and you know that model, you you pick it up. Uh, these characters are in college, but this this story plays with the idea which so many people have played with before like you know what if what would drive somebody to truly be a vigilante and truly go around killing people and so it's pretty obvious in this story that the young man who becomes a vigilante um is mentally ill and but it, it's it's played out in a really interesting way he's probably schizophrenic um, but the artist is uh, the art team is pretty fantastic. Uh, the the creative team's fantastic. Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, and it's some of the best work they've ever done. They've been working together for well over a decade as a as a creative team, and this is one of their best stories in a long time. I just really dig it. Those are my two favorites right now, both kind of crime stories in some ways. So, I guess nice. that's what I'm moving on right now. Nice. So. I you know, I mean, everybody, I think a lot of people, their connection to comics right now is the movies, right? Mm -hmm. and, and their universes. Yep. Do those universes, not not the storylines, but the the power and the popularity of them, do they follow within the comic world? Say, you know, I mean, is DC sort of subpar to what Marvel is doing right now? similar to what's going on in the movies yeah does that make sense yeah i i know what you're getting at um i would say though that i think well actually marvel's gotten pretty good with their their uh like netflix shows haven't they those are pretty good oh, shows. Yeah. um but i think dc has done really well and they get good ratings with their cw shows i think they do well with tv and cartoons um, I but think as DC, far as the comics, how is the, I mean, how right. are the books doing? Are the books it's interesting right now the same way? actually right now marvel is 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 uh uncharacteristically struggling uh, behind DC in the last year or so. Oh. Um, DC kind of rebranded themselves and relaunched themselves. It was kind of a soft relaunch, but it, it brought back a lot of new readers. They brought down the price of their comics to $2.99 instead of $3.99 or $4.99. And so they got a lot more people to come back and check their books out. Um, and Marvel has been in this habit of uh, for a god, the last decade plus, they've been doing all these. Every year, there's an event: Civil War. Uh, you know, they're sort of rehashing event. old stories. Right? They just, just did. Sort they of just wrapped up, the... so, yeah, they just wrapped up Civil War two, um, and um, it's left a lot of people that have been reading those books kind of high. You know, they're just not interested anymore. So, right. you know, the thing is, Marvel's been in this position before, and, and I think Marvel will course correct eventually. Um, but right now it's interesting that D, you know, yeah, right now DC's in, you know, ascending Marvel's descending, but that literally could flip in six months, you know? So it's interesting, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, that's, a uh, those were comics I was really into when I was younger and I still appreciate some of those comics to this day. Um, but I think I left reading the monthly superhero comics a number of years back, probably already about a decade ago, regularly because of those types of events, um, you know, I wanted good, solid, strong runs of a comic, you know, the same writer and artist who really meshed up well with a particular character or team. And they write that book and draw that book for two, three, four or five years. And you have this really solid chunk of good stories. Um, nowadays, you know, you get three or four issues of a really good story featuring a character or a team, and then they have to kind of take that story sideways to be part of a crossover. And then they have to re, re, you know, re, you know, reorient themselves after that. And then they have to get ready for the next event. So Marvel lost me. Marvel in particular lost me a number of years ago. Um, but there are still some people that just love those alternate realities. You know, my buddy Tim always says there are some people, you know, there's our grandparents and mothers liked their soap operas. They might still watch, you know, Young and the Restless. They like their stories. And I think there are some people that like their alternate reality stories. They like their Marvel Universe stories. They like their DC Universe stories. Um, and they'll be there no matter what, <laughs> you know. 
for them, it's that weekly fix. You know, they want to get that fix every week. They want to they want to visit that world every week. And you know, power to them. It's escapism. It's it, they enjoy those characters. They like that world. That's wonderful. But for me personally, that's those are comics that I personally am not connecting with very much right now. Um, occasionally, like I said, there'll be a Marvel or DC book that comes out that works for me, and I'll read it for a while. But usually, it you know either goes it folds because no one else reads it. Or um, I read it until it gets involved in a crossover. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'm done with that one. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. So, Dino, you've been uncharacteristically quiet through all of this. And I know that you, as a writer, just started reading comics recently, yeah. recently being the past you know, year or two. But are there, it, it, what are you following? What are you interested in? What, do you, what, do you, what so inspires you? Right. So for me, the, the interesting thing is sort of the, the comic book experience, and it's really tied directly to Evan. So, um, well, look yeah, at that, Evan. Right. It's uh, so. Well, couple, your friend Jill as well. Right, my old boss, right. Jill. So uh, my friend Jill is a I'll just say she uh, she appears to be a very serious comic book person. I mean, she has a climate controlled shed that she built um, for her comic that's, book collection. That's that's pretty serious. Yeah. That's not, uh, so, um, so, you know, she, she's been a comic book reader for years and, uh, every now and then she, you know, hands me a graphic novel that she thinks I would like, you know, it was, uh, sophomore year of college. I think it was when she, she gave me the dark night, the, the sort of the, the big, that was a big watershed moment for me. Um, but, but overall, it was I struggle with comic books just because of the the sort of disrupted narrative in them. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, I said to Evan, you know, I'd like to I'd like to give it a try. You know, you, you guys seem really committed and you guys really seem to enjoy it in a big way. And uh, and I I I want to I want to do better. I want to pay attention for a little bit. And so what was great about it is. Evan and I went out for coffee and I felt like I was being interviewed to go to college. Like he was acting, you know, what is it you're interested in? What is it you like? Tell me more about this. He had like a list of questions and then he went, he went away and came back with a list of suggestions of, on books that I should buy. And, uh, so it was a really kind of Evan cast curated experience. And I was, and I was really grateful for that. Um, because, as a reader, I just like I literally didn't know how to buy them. Like you go to, you know, like if I want to buy Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises, I can I know how to do that. But if I want to buy the beginning, if I want to learn about the beginning of Wolverine and I go to the Internet where we get all of our information, there's I just was like screw this i have no idea how to do this it is it's overwhelming it's just ridiculous and so i i, I came away just going all right evan this is what i want and, and he gave me um one super I'll, I'll just say one superhero book um which was birthright by uh which is a Superman story. Right. I, I liked that one for you because you wanted a Superman story. Right. And like, you know, the, the character has been around for since the thirties. Right. So where do you start? Right. Um, there's so many comics and I just, you know, this one was pretty contemporary. I knew it was a strong creative team. I thought it was a really good story and I thought, Hey, this, and it was also kind of a origin story of sorts and it was pretty self-contained. It was a beginning, yeah. middle end kind of story. And the, so and the art yeah, was I like that one, right? Yeah, the art was amazing. Um, then he he knew I had an interest in obviously a large interest in rock and roll, and so he gave me uh, a rock and roll comic, and I don't remember what it was called. It was called Red Rocket Seven, and you did not like it because uh, the main character was inspired by David Bowie. Yes, so I, I have a knee jerk reaction to David Bowie. So, but it was it was still fun for me to read. Um, the other book that that was absolutely amazing was uh, Saint Cole, right? I'm, I'm glad saying, you like that one. Yep, so, Saint Cole. Right. So Saint Cole was a story of uh, every unhappy man, I think. You know, every sort of twenty-something fella who's who's struggling with the world, and uh, and it was black and white, and it was brilliant, and it was. I'm going to just say it was kind of depressing and quite oh, it was one of the bleakest books i read in 2017 but also one of the best books i've read read in 20 uh, or pardon me 2015 is when it came out right it was bleak it was dark but 
that was my favorite comic of the year. And, year. and it's also like I, I think it's important that it you went beyond just <laughs> really liking it. And so, yeah. so tell us that story. I'll, I'll just okay, I'm just so, setting you up there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. So yeah, Saint Cole is about a twenty something uh, in today's world. He's a working class guy working, you know, slaving away sixty hours a week at like Angelo's Pizza. You know, uh, he's got a, a girlfriend and a kid at home. He can barely pay the bills. He's got a lot of anxiety issues. Um, so he tries to self medicate with alcohol, and that's become a drinking problem. And of course, that impacts so many other parts of his life. And that's basically the story is that this, you follow this guy over the course of three or four days and things get really bad. Um, but it's also got this great kind of ending where you read the ending and you are like, Oh my gosh, I gotta go back to the beginning and read this again with that knowledge. Um, but it's just a really powerful story. It, it captures, it just, it, it just, it, it punches you in the gut with, uh, just the modern working class experience. Um, and the cre- creator, Noah Van Skyver, is writing from experience. Like, you know, I read interviews about the book and he's like, these are guys I worked with at Panera Bread. You know, he, you know, used to always, you know, he would do his comics and then he'd always have his, his other job. Um, he's like, I know these types of guys. Um, anyway, so I love the book so much. And actually, Noah Van Skyver is a creator I've uh, appreciated for a number of years. But St. Cole just blew me away. I loved it. So I remember reading the book, and I do this pretty much with every bigger comic I read, any bigger graphic novel, is I'm like, I have that thought where I'll, I'll get to a page, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's a beautiful page. Like, just the composition is great, and it just, it kind of sums up the, the, the comic very well, or it, or it just, it, it hits me as like, this page is the page, that if I could ever get it, I would get it. Well, I remember reading through St. Cole. And uh, came across that page. Well, uh, jump forward a year, and um, I'm back in the Wassa area, and you know I'm t- you know I, I'm I uh, spend a few months homeless. You know I I, I moved back to the Wassa area, and I'm my finances were just a wreck. Um, bill collectors chasing me, but then I finally landed a job. And so I, I, would gotten a few paychecks. I gotten, uh, caught up with a few significant bills. I didn't feel as desperate anymore. Um, and then I saw one morning when I was getting ready for work, uh, Noah Van Skyver had tweeted that he was selling some art and I just wanted to see what art he was selling. Uh, and a lot of ca- cartoonists will do that. They'll sell their original art just to supplement their income. Um, and that page that I loved was one of the pages he was selling. And I, again, I really couldn't afford it, afford it, but I hadn't bought myself a treat in a long time. And so I, I allowed myself the luxury of buying that page and I didn't have internet access at home in any significant way. So when I got to work, I got to work extra early that morning, hopped online and the whole time I'm praying, oh, I hope that page is still available. Hope that page is still available. I got the page, uh, and it's I just yeah, it, it's the first pay, uh, piece of original comic book art I've ever bought, which is kind of cool as well. I have art drawn by professional cartoonists, but I've never bought a page of art in a published comic that I really dig. Um, so that that was cool. It was like it was that was like I allowed myself that treat. To buy that piece of art, I'm glad I have it. It's it's, I got to get a frame one of these days. It's got to get up on the wall. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I think comic. Just this is sort of an aside, but it's connected. I think the word comic and comic books is, is does a disservice to all of this because I've never heard of that book that you guys were talking about. But it, it seems very Steinbeck. It seems very Hemingway. It's certainly not the superhero comic books that everybody thinks about when they hear the words comic book Mm -hmm. you talk about art and and framing it on a wall and the average person doesn't really think about that right and i think that's fascinating and i think that the just there's just it does a comic books itself does a disservice to comic books sure thanks for that's cool that you say that and i think that you know i think that's a lot better than it was even just a few years ago i think people accept comics as a, a legitimate medium in a way they didn't. I mean, NPR regularly will bring somebody on that just released a graphic novel, you know, and, and they'll talk about that comic. Um, but 
yeah, I think, again, I think Wausau, again, needs a proper advocate for the medium. And I, I, Wausau hasn't had that in a long, long time. Um, hopefully I can be that person down the line. We'll see. Yeah, I agree. But you said something earlier that I think is really interesting, and I wonder if it's part of your business model. You know, whether it was you or Dino talked about curated comics. Is that something that your business is part of or considering? I mean, I think that's, the, that's what I do. Um, okay. That's what I do right now. I I think that's uh, very interesting. Yeah, it's because there's so many comics out there. And again, like I said, there's things that you can get um, from um, – you know, Barnes and Noble comic books and graphic novels. There's things you can get from Johnny C's Ditto. Um, I wanted to make sure that I could get things that you were not going to find there. Um, and I think to get in an interesting assortment of books uh, that you think have some value, but that you think can find an audience. Um, you know, you think, you know, and my, from my point of view, it's like thinking of Wasson, and thinking of the types of people and, you know, what might connect with them. Yeah, that involves a, a level of familiarity with the, the material that a lot of people don't have. And that's where I think a small business owner can really come into play if they know their shit. Um, and, you know, I, I know comics pretty good. It's, you know, I, it's one of those things I think I know better than most anything just because it's been part of my life longer. You know, the, the, the only thing longer in my life than comics is my family. Um, I started reading comics when I was 11 and it's been a constant you know, ever since. Um, and it was when I, when I discovered in quotation marks comics, you know, I remember buying comics when I was a kid, you know, five years old, you know, I Spider-Man or a part of me, a transformer comic or a star Wars comic or a bugs budding comic. I'd read it. It ended up on the, on the bedroom floor torn up, you know, two or three months later, just being stepped on. But when I discovered comics as a medium and like, I love this, this is what I've been looking for. I just right away. I was like, who draws this? Who writes this? How's this done? I wrote a letter to Stanley, and I got a, a I, you know, I actually have a letter from Stanley that he wrote me when I was in seventh grade. Um, I wanted to find out how this works, how this medium works, how how that works, how you can make comics, uh, what's involved in it, the history. You know, I, I would go to the library and check out books that just mentioned comics, and that would lead me to, you know, I was finding out about Raw magazine and and you know the the Holocaust comic Mouse when I was like, you know. God, 10 or, you know, 12, 13 years old, you know, I was re really engaging with it on that level. Um, and so I know comics pretty good. You know, I have a pretty strong um, sense of the good stuff since probably the late, since the 80s. That's kind of, you know, I just started reading comics in the 80s and I've kind of kept up with it ever since. So, yeah, I think it's my responsibility to bring there again, like Dino said earlier, there's so many comics out there. It's my responsibility to, to, to find the good stuff that I think connects with my community. Um, and I think I have decent taste and bring it to, you know, put it out there for people to see. So, yes, I do. That's what I consider myself doing, especially with the what, what I'm doing now with the super small scale store right now um, is curating an assortment of just 100 books. That's it. You know, uh, it's kind of my hard rule. 100 comics is what I what I have. Um, and then when one sells, I want to get something new, you know, new and different in, um, because what I wanted to do, especially with the studio seven location is every couple weeks, people should come back and there should be something new there th that they had not seen before. That was kind of my goal. Um, and that was going to be kind of my attempt to hopefully have people, you know, I didn't have the, you know, the weekly, you know, uh, delivery of all the Marvel and DC comics, I could at least provide a couple new, fresh, exciting books to the community every couple weeks. So, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I, I have to be a curator. I, I have to be the one that, I mean, it's my business. And, I, you know, if I want to make a living, I have to, you know, get the stuff that my community will react with. But at the same time, I want to help elevate the form and the import, you know, and help people understand that the form uh, the medium has so much potential. So, you know, how do I reconcile that? You know, the, the popular with the, you know, uh, the, 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 the scholarly, you know, kind of wrapping those together is where I, you know, where I think my curation can come into play. 
sorry, say that, okay, I was on mute. <laughs> say that my only exposure to comics is the movies. Yeah. And most of that is the Marvel Universe because they're mm-hmm. doing it the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're great stories. Sure. And I want to learn more about them. And I come to you and I say, give me three recommendations on where to start because I want to know more about okay. this comic graphic novel industry. What should I read first? Well, which movies did you like most? I knew I was just sitting there going, and now the follow-up questions come. Damn. (laughs) And I know that drove Dino a little crazy. He's like, Evan, if you were to ask me, like, you know, uh, I'm getting into blues and I want some really good blues albums. um, Dino was like, Evan, I'm not going to ask you a bunch of questions. I'm just going to give you the best blues albums. I don't, uh, I don't really have a favorite. I, I just think that the stories and the dynamic between all the different characters is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the books are deeper. Right. And maybe yeah. it's not even these stories, but, you know, I, I just, I think that the stories are deeper and I would like to read some of the comics. Where do you think I should start? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, even if it wasn't the MCU, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, comic related or comic book movies that a lot of people don't know yeah i mean hell right. american, like, american splendor um you know there was that movie a number of years ago that was the one uh, about the road something about our uh I yeah petition road petition road yeah, yeah yeah right um okay. that was so I, comic originally as well yep um i happen so, to see that that's you know a comic and i i'm kind of shocked because the you know the story was interesting the visuals were interesting the cinematography yeah, it was like Tom, you know, Tom Tom I, movie, right yeah and, right uh, yeah, and it was yeah that was based on a comic originally. You know, it was originally a comic. Um, I don't know. I honestly, like Dino said, I, 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 you know, if I had a, I'd have to sit down with you and just, you know, if I had a proper story, I'd be like, okay, let's check out the Marvel. You know, let's go to the Marvel comic section. You know, and I'd be like, okay, you know, what characters do you dig? I, I you know, okay, do you want classic stuff from the '60s and '70s, or do you think you'd want something more contemporary, more contemporary '80s and '90s aughts? And I, I think I'd be able to to put a couple items in your hands that you could flip through. You know, you might say, you know what, this ain't for me. But you might be like, you know what, I'll give this one a try. This one looks neat. And I would hope that I would pick one for you that would more or less stand on its own so you could have a satisfying experience. But that would still excite you so that you might want to come back for the next volume or you might want to check out something else. I think that's kind of the approach I would probably take with someone like you coming up to me and being like, Hey, I love the Marvel movies. I want more of this, but I want to see the source material. Like show me the good stuff. But you know, that's 60 years of stuff. (laughs) Um, that's a lot of stuff. And I know that's why I need to ask some questions because I, I, you know, okay, let's whittle this down. Which character, which era, (laughs) you know, is this, you know, that kind of thing. So I, you know, I, I don't mean to, to poo poo your, you know, not give you an answer, but, you know, that would be my thought process. And that's why I need a proper store so I can do that for people. <laughs> so I can actually take them to the shelf and show them a book or five, you know, like, hey, here's your best choices. So, right. That's it's a tough question because for somebody like me who collected comics and has, you know, boxes of them in closets, I know what I like. But for somebody to walk into your store and say, hey, I hear these are popular interesting good stories where should i start right that's a yeah, really absolutely. hard question to ask the, the hardest to answer uh, the hardest challenge dino gave me was uh he wanted a hulk story right i am not a big fan of the hulk um and i i, I of the character a, or the the, the as a character i just don't really dig on much so i never really read the character i i i was you know i read him off and on there was a particular run that is is kind of you know known as a really good run it was from the late 80s into the the late 90s it was the same writer the whole time right um he did some really cool things with uh his name was peter david was the was the writer he yep. did some really cool things with the character um I I have every one of those <laughs> oh so oh oh you read those yeah you know yep. i just never connected with the hulk but dino wanted something my my thing when was like okay i want to make sure like Dino has something that stands on its own. You know, I could give, you know, point him to a Peter David collection, but it would just be, you know, a collection of six or seven issues of 10 years of comics. That that would bug me if I was someone that just wanted a Hulk story. I don't want to read 10 years of Hulk. I want a Hulk story. 
So I had to dig a little bit and do a little bit of research, but I did ultimately uh, point him to, um, it was called Hulk Gray, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, with art by Tim Sale, who um, is a really good art uh, cartoonist and written by Jeff Loeb, I think. Um, and I'd heard good things about it. Um, that series of books that those creators had released, uh, they did one called Daredevil Yellow. They did one called Spider-Man Blue. They did these kind of color scheme, like they had it, you know, it was like origin or early era stories featuring mm-hmm. these characters, and they just called it the co- a, a, a color. Um, and so I chose Hulk Gray for Dino, and I don't know if you liked that one or not. You know, that that was a tough call for me. I did. I liked it very much. Yes, but but Hulk is one of those fast. Hulk is, as I, you know, tread out more a little bit. He's one of the characters that I'm kind of most fascinated by in that universe. You have to talk Are you still reading them? You know? Nope. No. No. I tried. I, I gave it I gave it my best shot and and so did Evan. But the mm-hmm. the problem I I encountered was um my inability to sort of actually no, not my inability, but my desire to have a, a line of narrative that is consistent and you know, and I just I kept coming back to this idea of there's three million different Spider-Man stories and they don't all connect to each other in any sort of way. And so for me, the problem as as a reader of of, uh, of narrative is, you know, I like I like the narrative to, to start at the beginning and consistently go through and, and end somewhere. And the in like we're talking about, there's. You know, some of these characters are 60 years. What did Superman appeared first in 1938, apparently? You know, they just had the 75th anniversary. Yeah. So, uh, right. So, that it's impossible to start in one place and keep going, you know, kind of through it. But it, you know, at the same time, it's like this. It, for me, it just, it, it became an insurmountable amount of things to consume. And so I just eventually threw my hands up and just kind of went away, you know, because. <laughs> You know, it's it's I there are things that I like. I like origin stories. I like the beginnings of characters. I like, you know, I like to know about sort of the motivation and how they kind of move through their life cycle and, you know, and how they end, if you will. And uh, yeah, but they never end. Right. And see, that's right. And that's the thing. It's this where. okay, so, you know, Wolverine's been reinvented, you know, 15 times, you know. And so as a result, we we have. There's this Wolverine and that Wolverine and the other Wolverine. And how does the giant, you know, who's the guy, who is the fella in that universe who kills planets? Galactus? Galactus. Or Eagle the planet. Galactus, right. okay. Yeah, so, you know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, you start touching on this stuff and you're like, well, how does, where's that guy? You know, that that looks yeah. interesting. And, you know, like now today, I watched, or a couple of days ago, I watched the preview for the, the, Hugh Jackman finally gets the rated R Wolverine movie. That I'm looks like, awesome. And I'm like, well, who, now there's a girl with claws? What the hell is this? You know, and so you go back and you go to, you know, the you go to the internet and it's like, okay, this is killing. This just kills me. It just, it really does. Like, it's the, for me, it's the reason that, again, not to compare the two things, but the the reason that the Star Wars canon is so compelling and, and so grounded for me is because it is it is the lucas canon of novels is grounded in a set of rules and an editorial approval process with which carries the universe through itself so like you you can read the beginning and or you can read uh star wars the lost tribes of sith and that's the origin story for the sith forever for every book that follows that these are the rules that are set up in the beginning and they tra- and they go through the entire thing chronologically and it stays together whereas that for whatever reason comic books decided to blow that up and just went well fuck it make superman your own and that's great but it it never it doesn't work for me so it, uh, That's fair. But the Lost Tribes took months, if not years, to write. Sure. And write. It becomes canon. Yes. Where comic books have to sell on a weekly 
biweekly basis. Right. And so for me as, as a you guest, have to keep reinventing the story in order to keep right. selling. To- totally get that. Right. But if, you know, like it for me as a consumer, I prefer the the canon to whatever we're going to call comic books, you know, <laughs> and it's and it's not. And the thing is, it comic books are a little bit like I, I'll compare them to Pink Floyd. Like, I know that Pink Floyd is. Oh, my God. Br- I know. Just dare so, you. It, it's I know that Pink Floyd is brilliant music. No, they're not. OK, but anyway. I know that Pink Floyd is brilliant music, and it doesn't, right and it doesn't speak to me at all. I'm not connected to it. I don't have. There's no point of entry for me, and so the 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 things that I look for in in my consuming of story are are all literally just destroyed by the comic book genre on a on a case by case basis, and so as a result, you know, like. I, Jill and people over time have given me graphic novels and it's like, this is great. How does this, how does this gra- daredevil graphic novel fit into anything else? Cause I'm really interested in what happens next. And mm-hmm. oftentimes I'm left with this idea of, I have no idea how to figure out what happens next. None, you know? And so it, uh, it kill it, it, I had to put it down just because it, it didn't, uh, it didn't fit for me. It just wasn't. It wasn't my art form. He gave it, well, gave it a good effort. Yeah. Yeah. Evan, we can't win Dino. We can't bring him over to our side. So, Well, he really, really, really dug St. Cole. So, I mean, you know, I think that's what, good. You know, was, what you're talking about, Dino, regarding just that, that just where do I go next, I think that's especially an issue and why some people are turned off from, like, the Marvel and DC universes. Um, but I think there are so many comics that are just nice holistic entities, right? Like St. Cole that you can enjoy that, you know, it's a story it's done, you know, and there's a lot of comics out there like that. Um, but yeah, so if you're a good if segue you want to, into the, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you want to engage with the Marvel and DC universe, that's a different, that's a different, uh, beast. That's an undertaking. So we usually end these podcasts with, uh, recommendations, I think in this case, since you're the expert, we're going to forego Dino and yep. my recommendations. And what would you recommend? Give us three recommendations of books that we should, that our readers or listeners, well, excuse me. I actually, um, when Dino reached out to me last night regarding this final part of the podcast, that you guys like to do this, like three things that you like. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hope you guys do it as well. I, I, I ha- actually have three things that aren't comics related at all. Oh, perfect. That I just wanted to endorse and talk about. Hit um, it. Number one is um, a, a pretty amazing podcast that just started a couple weeks ago. Um, a guy I used to know, uh, Dan Beasel, um, he's actually making comics now down in Madison, which is pretty cool. Him and his son have a podcast, and it's called Corrupted Youth. It's him and his 13 year old son, and they talk about. Uh, R-rated horror movies and, and like heavy metal albums. Wow. And so, yeah, so he sits down with his son, who's a really articulate kid for thirteen, and they deconstruct. Um, though they did a Day of the Dead was their first episode, one of the the zombie movies from the eighties, mm-hmm. and deconstructed it. And it was so neat to hear the kids' perspective on films of that era and films of this era, um, and you know old school special effects versus new. Um, and so it sounds like Dan's a cool dad, you know, and he, he, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to introduce my son to certain things, you know, at certain times he can handle this. My dad was very much the same way. Um, so it, they just released episode one a couple weeks ago. Um, it's called corrupted youth and it, it was nice. really great. It's, I think it's a, it's a, just a wonderful idea. Um, and I, I can't wait to hear more episodes uh, of this dad and his 13-year-old son talking about stuff that the son probably technically shouldn't be watching <laughs> based on society's rules. Um, but again, you know, this cool, yeah, this cool dad and his, and, and his very uh, sophisticated son talk about, uh, you know, horror movies and, and old, you know, punk and heavy metal albums. Nice. Um, so that's one thing I really dig. Um, another thing just... My end of the week, especially with so much uh, overwhelming news lately, you know, you need those little windows of uh, meditation and where you can just shut down a little bit. 
Um, I don't have cable, but I I, you know, I have the, the 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 antenna that gets the digital channels from around the area. And I recently re-scanned my box, and I now pick up an Eau Claire channel. Uh, it's and it's a, a channel called Heroes and Icons, and it's uh, you know seventies, eighties, nineties action and science fiction TV shows and and cop dramas and stuff like that. Um, and on Sunday nights they have a block of Star Trek, and it starts with Star Trek the animated series from six to seven. Then they do original series. Then they do new new generation or next generation, whatever it is, next generation, right? Then they do DS9. Then they do uh, uh, Voyager. Then they do Enterprise, and they so they they have this giant block of 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 Star Trek, you know, from all the different shows, an episode from all the different shows. It's just a great way to to wrap up a weekend and just chill out before the work week. Um, so I enjoy that. And then the other thing is my parents. Um, yeah. I have not had a car for a few weeks now. I've actually been walking everywhere, and um, uh, I don't have a ton of money. My parents don't have a ton of money, but they surprised me uh, last week. They bought me a car. Um, you know, it's not a new car. Um, it's new for me, um, but you know, it's 10 years old, but it, it's much better than the one I have now, and it runs. And I was just very uh, surprised and um, moved by that, so I do endorse my parents for being good parents and surprising their forty-year-old son with uh, something he could really use. Wow! Nice. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother following that. So I think <laughs> I we're going to call that. A, we're going to call that a podcast right there, Evan. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Holy cow! Um, <laughs> that was that was great. I'm kind of in tears here, but uh, all right. Um, so. Uh, we're gonna attach your the Amazon store to the to the podcast so people uh, when they listen they can uh, get that out. So I'm gonna ask you live here to send the to send Eric the link to the podcast or to the Amazon store so we can put that up. Okay, sounds good. Or would you rather have the Facebook link? Whatever's gonna give get us, you the most amount both. of money. I think the Facebook at this point because that's where I'm gonna con- communicate um, about the future. Okay. And on there, I have a link to the Amazon page if people are interested. Good. Get that to Eric. So, Perfect. All right, boys. We're Thanks, wrapping Evan. it up. Thanks for doing this, Evan. Hey, thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Now, when I go for my guns, you start shooting. But I promise you, you will not make it. Face, have a menage, age five, with two female apes. 
there sleep in the bathroom of butcher knives. I drink honey, shape of the beehive. Was he jumping off the Empire State? But naked, rollerblading across the Golden Gate. But naked, with the baddest man alive, and I don't plan to die. When the grill we become, I look her right in his eye. I bust up in the face of the witch of the East. Tell a great white shark to go and brush his teeth. <laughs> I'm the man who stole the Golden Fleece, and I date rape beauty right in front of the beast. The baddest man alive, and I don't plan to die. Come on, tell about it. I'm the baddest man alive.